When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your local newspaper might be an afterthought, but it's a lot more important than you think, especially for the upcoming midterm elections and beyond. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss this is our mobile expert, David Lum. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me. So as part of our Citizen Now series, you've got a feature looking at the state of journalism, and specifically local journalism. And while local newspapers might not be on the top of anyone's mind, they are pretty important, right? Why? They're extremely important. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, a few, there are a few reasons we really, they're an afterthought today, part of which is because of the internet, <laughs> as always, um, and partially because we're, we're, we're just more paying more attention to national news. And um, yeah. that's, that's really a problem. Yeah, that, and that is a key thing because it, it, a lot of the big publications like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Washington Post, they are generally doing pretty well. Um, they, you know, I don't think they're as successful as they were during the Trump era where everyone was reading news all the time. But relative, like, comparatively speaking, how are things faring with local publications? Poorly, uh, to put it the least. Um, there's, uh, well, you know, several reasons. Uh, chains have taken over small publications for years now. Venture capitalists have uh, absorbed struggling newspapers and really cut them down to the bone. Um, but we just, they, they aren't producing what people value, which is that national news. Um, and, and, you know, people have lost touch with their communities in a way. Right. And, and we've been hearing about the demise of small newspapers for decades. I mean, I, like how, how rapidly are they disappearing? Um, you know, it, it, there, there are a couple um, resources out there by some nonprofits to show how they're diminishing. Uh, we lost about 100 in the pandemic, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, we only had about 6,000 to begin with. Um, and uh, it's really disproportionate. Um, there's, there's a website called US News Deserts that shows where they're congregated. And it's really like 90% are in big cities. So if you've only got 10% of national newspapers scattered around in rural areas, um, it becomes this vicious cycle where people stop paying attention to local and because they're not paying attention to local, uh, these papers go out of business. Right. And I'm just curious what ultimately are we losing? Because I think it, it might seem obvious, especially to us journalists, but I think for a lot of folks, you know, they, they sort of take it for granted or it is, it is an afterthought. And so when you lose a local paper, like what are you really losing? Um, you're, you're losing watchdogs. You're losing people who are paying attention to things going on in your community. And that might be events, that might be scandals, but it really is the day-to-day -day stuff, the city council meetings, school board meetings, um, that, that really have consequences for you and your neighbors. Um, you know, that's how small stories become big stories. You know, if people were watching Flint, Michigan, this, you know, perhaps this wouldn't have happened. You know, there are, there are these, these things that happen that the big, you know, the metros, the regionals sort of pick up on. And then they become national news. Jerry Sandusky, you know, the spotlight stuff. It's, right. it's all consequential up the chain, but it starts with people who are there and paying attention. 
Um, and when you, when you don't have that, when they're stretched thin, stories slip through the cracks, corruption increases, people don't vote. There are a lot of um, tangible and metricized consequences to not having local papers. And yeah, and to that point, I mean, I know we talked about sort of the, the local aspect to it, but what do you think this, the, the diminishing influence or presence of local papers, what do you think that'll have, what impact will that have on the midterm elections, talking about sort of a, a storyline that has more of a national scope? Well, it's interesting. I think people have looked at the national elections for years and, you know, they haven't been civically involved enough to vote in the midterms and whatnot. But when you lose local papers, you also lose people interpreting what's going on. So right. you kind of just vote down the party line. And they've seen this where people just vote down the party line. They don't look at policies. They don't look at what they're going to bring to their communities. Um, and that uh, affects national. That affects local. Like, you want your local paper not just to tell you who to vote for, obviously, but to explain what, you know, put in a context uh, what these politicians do and what they're doing for you, especially, not just your party. Right. And, you know, you, you sort of note the irony that with these declines happening, it's happening amid, you know, an explosion in the news industry. Just tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, there, there are, you know, we're seeing a decline in for-profit newsrooms uh, because they're relying on this old advertising model and slow to change. Some aren't. Some are having, you know, innovative new things. There's uh, a paper uh, that spent money on giving each of its uh, constituents an iPad and having someone teach them how to use it to read the daily edition. But there's a new, you know, sort of wave of newsrooms that are using the nonprofit model, relying on donations and really focusing um, on reporting and and very focused on and different communities to to kind of put a scalpel to what they're doing as opposed to right. sort of introducing advertising all over again. Got it. Yeah, and tell me more about that. What what some of these models are like? You mentioned the the model of giving literally giving its readers iPads so that they can access their stories digitally. Like, how does that how does that even work financially? Well, it, it's an upfront cost for sure, and so there's kind of you know it's, it was it was something like six million dollars to um, or four million dollars to buy the iPad, six million dollars to train or two two additional for six million total to train people. But there are multiple ways people are are, are newsrooms are, are trying out to to get to sustainability. Um, there's there's a paper in in Berkeley called Berkeley Side, um, which solicited a direct public offering and basically you know, readers funded them. It wasn't an IPO. Mm. It was locals coming together, about 350 of them, to say, all right, we're, we're going to be people you answer to. There's no brokers. There's no banks in between. It's just you and me, us readers and the paper. Hmm. Uh, and and are, are any of these seeing success? I'm curious what other local newspapers are, like what they're doing to actually survive. Yeah, um, I mean it's 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 a little early to tell like if this is a long term solution, um, but uh, there, there are a couple organizations that are looking at um, how uh, how they're doing. Right there's there's mm -hmm. the Institute of Nonprofit Newsrooms, which just released its first impact, you know, which released an impact report saying, yeah, they really do have a return on investment after you know if they're with us for a year, uh, they grow by sixty seven percent. Uh, in three years, they're going to double their revenue, and it, it just shows that they can be taught. Um, nonprofit newsrooms can have uh, diverse revenue streams, essentially, so that we don't run into this place again. So that you know we're not uh, scrambling when the next internet takes out um, you know all of local papers advertising funding. Right, right, and uh, I mean you've worked for uh, Patch which famously was attempting to be this sort of hyper-local uh, news source for folks that, 
obviously has that had collapsed um, quite spectacularly back in the day. But I'm curious if just sh- if you could share some of your perspective on like what that was like, um, and like what worked and what didn't work about that model. Yeah, so that was uh, that was in um, 2010, 2011 when I worked for Patch in my local Southern California community. It was very exciting. Uh, everyone was ready for this to, to be the change, especially after the 2008 recession. Um, but, you know, nobody knew who we were. We were kind of showing up in neighborhoods saying, hey, find us on the Internet. Um, and there's, you know, local newspapers, especially for the demographics, especially for the area, they rely on like a paper edition or had back then um, to, you know, as tradition. And also because you can see it because you can see it on newsstands and in front of your favorite shops. So like. There, you know, that was new back then. Nobody knew us. And, you know, <laughs> I wasn't getting paid that much. So you were getting a lot of entry level, you know, entry level reporters. Now contrast that with another um, you know, nonprofit that we talked to report for America, which is training and sending, you know, vetting some skilled uh, reporters right out of college who local papers can afford and helping them fund it. So I think there's a completely different approach for people today, not just, hey, let's, you know, throw money at a problem and expect people to notice it. Um, right. You know, it's a little more hands-on. And, and just lastly, if you are looking to get, you know, better local coverage uh, or any coverage in your hometown, I mean, what what can you or what can the, our listeners do to help? Yeah, well, our news experts were, were pretty clear that this is this is a big systemic issue and it's going to take, you know, a long time before we stem the, the, the bleeding. Um, but, uh, if you're, if you are in one of these so-called news deserts with one or zero publications around you, uh, first off, look for local papers. There, there are a couple, uh, links we have in the story, you know, newspapers.com that'll say, okay, there's this paper covers that. And if it's a regional or a Metro, uh, that kind of covers your area, or at least the town over, go to them, go and talk and, and say, Hey, you know, we've really been, been lacking coverage out here. Please come and look for it or your radio station or your TV station. Um, and, you know, the other option is to start a paper of your own, which is a huge task. <laughs> right. Of course. Right. right. Um, but that nonprofit method is is model is gaining traction. And you have these organizations that are really looking to start uh, reporting in different places that haven't had it. Um, and of course, the, the story is really about <laughs> in the next couple of months. So if you can't do that, which probably no one can, then. You know, you you have you can find a uh, a local reporter. Um, you know, maybe someone who's who's been laid off in other uh, in another uh, layoffs, um, and and try to fund them. Come together as a community. Go to your community foundation. There's funding in your community. It just takes a little bit of leadership to figure out where it should go. Got it. Well, David, thank you for your time and for the story. You can check out his piece on CNET.com and all of our Citizen Now stories on the site. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.